Hi, thank you for tuning in to another episode of State of the Arts, a podcast where art forms are embraced and artists are celebrated. I'm Lee, your hostess of Ceremonies, and this is episode 95. My guest this week is Albert Prokis Pena. He is a stylist, a personal assistant, a decorator. He has his own YouTube channel. He's a lip sync performer. He performs empowering positive songs. Uh, he's also a human rights activist, LGBTQ activist. He dances. He's a fashionista. His style is dazzlingly unique. Welcome to my show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Lee. Let's get the show on the road. All right. How did your journey as an artist begin? I had a liver transplant in 2003. 13. I was part of the LGBT community, but I had left it for a long period of time. And then um, in 2014, I decided to venture out on my own because I had to be taken care of previous to that. So I decided one day to go to one of the Bronx um, Borough Presidents at, um, event that day. And then from there, I met some wonderful people. And then from there, it grew um, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but it grew with artists, singers, actors, and everything. So um, in 2015, once I met um, these famous people um, in the New York City environment, um, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to perform my first performance because I was very, uh, I had a difficult time previous to that with my anxiety. And I was just unable to even associate, I had social anxiety and everything. So at that time I decided that I was um, perform a song, um, this, I could name this place. It's called Bronx Academy of Arts and Dance. And that was my first performance. And um, I did the song, um, Take Me to Church. And that was my, ultimate performance at that time i had to take you know like anxiety pills just to get me through the performance in itself once i did that i had um the courage to continue performing not without anxiety but to continue with performing and uh with these wonderful people that i met you know um i continued um having a great relationship with them they even performed for my 50th birthday I'm 57 now, so for my 50th birthday, and I can name some names now. <laughs> so it was Tim Moss, Frankie All Day. I even had uh, Tyra Dominique Jackson, and they all performed for me, and it was a beautiful event in the Bronx, uh, Maestros. And from there, I just continued my performances, and I usually don't perform out in the you know, Manhattan or anything, I usually perform only at bad. I was dedicated to that and I continue doing that. That was a very great start. And it sounded like you didn't just like ease into it. You sort of just jumped into it. <laughs> well, I did jump into it, but I, you know, being with my anxiety and nerve, because I suffered from um, social anxiety so much before. I even entered, a, like if I, even if I entered a club, I would have to leave because I my anxiety would be so bad. But um, that was how, what that was exactly how I started um, meeting the people after my liver transplant, and then 
2014 when I met these wonderful people. And then from there, that's when I um, initiated my um, performances and started a new journey, which is beautiful at this point. Where do you draw your inspiration from when you create? Previous to the, all this, I, you know, the liver transplants, because I had a drug, a drug issue, an alcohol issue, and then um, I never got a chance to really um, present myself as, and I always, I was always, a, I love to dance. I love to be in front of the camera. I loved all that. I loved the spotlight, let's put it that way. And then all of a sudden, once I did that, I was like, I had you know, such a bad, you know, past with my roommate and then the AIDS epidemic and all that and, and my roommate passing away. And then I didn't, I just wanted to show people that there's a lot more to me and I just wanted to do, uh, try new things. And once I met my artist friends, I decided, hey, and then my songs and whatever I do are songs of, that have a lot of passion in them. And um, their songs of strength. So whatever I perform, like like say Titanium, so their songs of strength, songs that give others, you know, power in themselves. And what is the significance of the name Crocus? Um, Crocus derived from once I had uh, 2010, I finally got on Facebook. And then when I finally got on Facebook, I wanted to my the crocus to to mean something. And not just my first and last name, but crocus to mean something. So I decided to look for things that have meaning. So the, the crocus is a is a, a sassafras flower that means cheerfulness, gladness, and happiness. And I wanted to empower that. I wanted to that's what exactly what I wanted to be. With all the my past history, I wanted something of a name to mean something. And that's exactly what crocus means. It's actually a flower. And um, the meaning, of course, is cheerfulness, gladness, and happiness. And that's what I wanted to exude to other people. And that's so important in the world that we live in. We need positivity. We need empowerment. Yes, very much so. And um, I mean, I might have had, it, it doesn't really make a difference. At the same time, um, we have our, we sometimes have our downfalls and we sometimes um, stumble, but you got to continue trying to be that person that you wanted to be with, wanted to be in the first place. And that's what Crocus exactly means to me. And I keep telling people, um, because I remember I was, <laughs> when I used to perform, I had my friend, she's the queen of the Bronx, Apollonia Cruz. Um, yeah, I can name a couple of names here and there. She used to uh, pronounce my name Crocus. <laughs> and I said, no, it's Crocus. <laughs> you know, you gotta make a name for yourself. And then that's when I started um, doing some styling. I started um, personal assistant for a singer. His name is Aaron Paul. And then um, once I got into that 
um, styling and all that, I, you know, I decided, you know, why don't I make this something that is uh, more tangible and more, and, you know, money-making in that same sense. And um, that's when um, I decided, hey, let me do my side hustle, which is uh, crooked styling. So that's why I got the name Crocus Stylings, because in that that's how and then of course my Instagram is Crocus411, which is um, you know, information as far as you know, Crocus Stylings, my looks, my style. I have my first fashion shoot, um, I think 2016. Uh, with the with that same artist, and um, I I got to know the other people and then I just got my own, you know, lifestyle in regards to all that. I met you at Tim Moss's birthday party a few months ago, and I just smiled. You just made me happy when I saw you. You were dancing. You had glasses that lit up. It was <laughs> so much fun watching you. Uh, thank you. Um, when I was, I used to be a DJ, so um, my DJ days always. I was that type of DJ that I needed to dance to my own music. So I would just go on the turntable and every mix and I would just get on the dance floor. Or because my brother was always involved in my DJ music days. And this is uh late eighties, like eighty six, eighty seven, until the early nineties. And I was always the party guy. As you can see, I create my own business crocus the crocus lounge. You can't see it directly that way, but the crocus lounge and I I have a whole bunch of music, 45s, vinyl, and all that, but um, I love to dance. And you can see that on my YouTube channel, Albert Pena, lowercase. And I love to bring, I, I was always the party guy. Unfortunately, you know, or maybe that's not unfortunate, but in the early, in the late 80s and 90s, I had so many parties, everybody wanted to come on parties. And everybody was like, you know, it's Albert's jams, and it was a, it was always a huge crowd. But at the same time, when when I look back at that, those days, it was like you know there was a lot of alcohol and drugs. I'm I'm admit this cocaine because that's what even I mean that's what a lot of people did. That's that was our norm, and we didn't have no I don't know nowadays things get a little bit crazy and I don't I don't associate too many with too many people that do drugs but um even I mean unless it's marijuana I don't even care <laughs> that's okay with me even though I don't smoke but that's okay I, mean, I just drink and I shouldn't be drinking at the same time but you know sometimes you got to take a zip here and there just to calm. <laughs> but I like I like to be the the, the party animal and the unlike previously in my life I was, you know, so uh, I was more of an introvert. But once, once I started um, dance, once I was dancing and doing all that, it just like became a thing that I wanted to be the center of attention. Captivating. Yes, yes, it was fun. I still do. That's why you saw when you saw me. You obviously looked at me. You you, you had your interpretation of myself, and then. Not just by the look, but at the same time, you know, by my mood. And and sometimes it might not be as crazy as it is, but I'll I'll get to that rhythm where people will notice. Even <laughs> even Felipe Rose from the 
from the what you call that group, uh, the village people. Yes. Yes, he's like, I like your style, I like your look, I like, he liked the the whole thing. So that was fun. <laughs> I've never seen dancing like that, and I am a I'm a ballroom dance instructor. I teach Latin and ballroom, but your dancing is so unique. It has its own element to it that's just so unusual and captivating. Oh, thank you so much. I try my best <laughs> to give you something different. Let's put it that way. And, you know, I guess it, it does depend how many um, cranberries and vodkas I had as well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a name for your style of dancing? No. It, deri it derived from freestyle music which was my passion at that time. Freestyle music was, I'm not sure if you know what freestyle music is, you know, like the Cover Girls, George Lamont, Sweet Sensation, um, those groups from the, from the 80s. So that's how I got my style. But at the same time, I watch other people and then I just incorporate my own type of moves. And then I says, well, it depends. You got the hands and then you got to really let the, the hands and the body motion just go along with it. That's me. And I, I mean, house music was also uh, a great passion of mine. So it was freestyle music, house music, and of course, R&B, R&B in the 80s. I mean, Tina Marie and all those, that type of music from the 80s was a big influence. Of course, with all the music that I played, you know, on my 50th birthday, me and my mother danced um, 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 to Lambada. <laughs> so you can imagine, you can imagine me and my mother doing the Lambada and me over there shaking my hands like a. And my mother would just follow me. She would interpret every move that I, I would make. <laughs> so mom would follow me very much. Everybody does. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> My father and I used to dance, so it's a beautiful thing. Yes. Well, I only had my mother, but so uh, that my 50th birthday, of course, um, since I had um, all those artists and singers perform, and sing. I even performed. That was my, I think that was my second performance. Well, at first, I wasn't sure we, it'd take me to church, but we did all about that bass. So with the Queen of the Bronx and my friend Frankie all day, we did, uh, we practiced at her place. And, and that was, I was very nervous, extremely nervous. And the practice sessions was like, oh my God, I, can I do this? Can I do this? And we actually, we actually incorporated my styling and, I, and I'm the one that uh, picked the clothes for my friend Frankie Ode, and they're both males, and then she, you know she was the main um, singer or lip sinker, <laughs> lip sinker <laughs> for the for all about that bass, and it it was wonderful. It was it was fantastic. That was like, wow. I mean, we weren't perfect, but you know that was my beginning also. So that was like the the epitome of like, oh my god. I just, I finally performed also 
um, because the, uh, all of, um, Take Me to Church was a solo, and then this was a, a, a threesome. So we had a lot of fun with that. A lot of fun. That's extraordinary. How long does it take for you to prepare for one lip syncing performance, usually? It usually takes me a good week to two weeks, depending on the song. The reason why I say that is because if I'm going to lip sync, I need to um, get the, the emotions and the movements, not just about all about, you know, one opening up their mouth and white. I will always love you. No. You have to get into that, that emotion where, you know, you can't overstate something. You can't understate something. So, and then the words itself, even just the words, and then they go, they might just say something like, oh, and then you're like, we have to do that because that's not a, a lyric. That's a, a just sound. And then, um, so I like to, if, if the song means so much to me, which most of them do, <laughs> do, do. <laughs> I would take my time to practice it. And at the same time, I would have two or three songs that just in case, and I record myself practicing. And if I feel that my emotions are much more in this song than the other song, then I would choose that song. Because also the, the, the lyrics and the, you know, might not, come out as well so I take my time and then you, I already have I'm supposed to be perform I, I may perform on September 10th which is at BAD Bronx Academy of Arts and Dance and I'm debating between a version of Crazy you know by um, um, CeeLo Green mm -hmm. so the version of the, uh, Crazy because I never do I try my best not to try to do a version that it's a uh, out by the original artist. I try to do a version that is uh, different. So the version that uh, of Crazy that Celia Green is, is done by uh, another person and he does it in a more of a ballad and it has a lot of more meaning. It has a lot of more you know, emotion to it. And that's why, and the other, other song is John Cicada, Angel. So it has a lot of emotions into that song. So that's what, it usually does take me a good two weeks to perfect it. I could learn the words, but to perfect it emotionally as well. That's exactly What advice would you give to aspiring artists? You should practice a lot prior to the event. And you should also have Take yourself, uh, record yourself in a certain light, meaning if the lighting itself, and you should uh, work, and then you go to the place, and you should work your, you know, if you, if you can practice wait uh, ahead of time, go there three hours prior, and then look at the lighting, because at the same time, when you perform, the lighting is a lot. I know I got some lighting over here and everything just to, you know, for you to see me, but, um, I see a lot of people and then they take pictures, they do performances, 
and the lighting is off. So, of course, practice, 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 go to the place a lot earlier for a, a, a rehearsal, whatever. And then um, also the makeup and all that other stuff. It, it, does, it does affect it. I performed last year and, um, I, and the person recording uh, didn't take me at the best light. But when I did when I did it for that person, I took it at the best light. So people who have a photographer or videographer or someone that is very um, you know smart and, and videotaping you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, just practice, 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 and look at your makeup. Take some photos prior to to go to your bathroom. Take some selfies. Blah blah blah, and then you know you'll be good. Hopefully. <laughs> And you're a stylist too, so you know fashion very well. I was always stylish for for many, many, many years, even in, in the eighties. So once I got over the the hump of being an introvert, I became an extrovert in that same sense. And uh, once I um once I met the my friends in two thousand fourteen, and of course you know the famous people were uh, artists, singers. Um, one person decided that, you know, Aaron Paul, to uh, have me um, help him out with his styling and all that stuff. And that's where I started. And um, a lot of people um, like the way and, uh, I give out free jewelry business and that. But a lot of people did, didn't like uh, how I looked. And it could be something simple as these glasses, which I had for like 10 years, all of this shirt. <laughs> but um, it took me a little while, but um, I had my friend do a, a, a concert in Philly and he came to my house and I, I do fashion shows, but I usually do it not under my name. I do it as an assistant and I just um, hand out the, the actual like furs, uh, shoes, and I'm more of an urban stylist. I'm not really a high fashion stylist, as um, others are. But they respect me for being an urban stylist. That's a good thing. So I give a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like you can see me this with a cap. <laughs> That's good. I think urban styling is more interesting. A lot more. It's more fun. It's more playful. It's more edgy. Yeah, you could combine the two, and that's what I actually do. I try to combine both the urban and the, the semi-high fashion. I could, I could give you a nice pair of shoes or an odd-looking pair of sneakers, or, and then I could attach it to the black and white, the black and white. It's just very simple here, but I, I'm very good at um, putting things together as far as the higher end and the lower end. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I can get something from Foreman Mills and get something from QVC. Call it a bit. No, not, not QVC. That's a lie. Want something, you know, high fashion with a brand name and something low fashion. Put it together. As long as it looks good. Okay, so our time's almost up. Is there anything you would like to say to the listeners before we sign off? Well, Follow your passion. Follow your passion. And don't 
think or worry about others, what others say to you. If you feel like following a, a stylish fashion or whatever, even if it's minimal, even at the minimal part, just follow your passion. And you could always do your, your nine to five and all this other stuff, but follow some passion that makes you happy. Follow something that's going to bring you worth inside of you. Don't listen to other people because uh, the ones sometimes, the, the people that are the closest to you are the ones that are telling you, you know, you can't do it. You can't do this. It says, but you know what? Hell with them and do what you got to do. And even if it's something minimal and you go to this and you go to that and you just do something simple, do it. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you smile. I always said this. Um, I used to write a lot of things. Um, if only for just one minute, one minute, I have accomplished something that everyone cherishes, a smile, keep in touch with your dream. <laughs> there you go. That is so true. <laughs> and if someone wants to reach you, find out more information about you, how can they do it? Um, Facebook, Albert Crocus. Peña, P-E-N-A, Crocus, C-R-O-C-U-S. On Instagram, Crocus411, C-R-O-C-U-S 411. YouTube, Albert Peña, lowercase. You can see all my friends perform, me, me uh, perform, whatever. And that's about it. I, I, I don't even live, look at my Twitter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny well thank you so much it was such a thrill to have you on my show such an honor you've been an amazing guest and I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another wonderful episode of State of the Arts the podcast where art forms are embraced and artists like uh, Albert Pena is celebrated Albert, thank you so much um Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. And I want all of you to stay positive, stay safe, and most importantly, stay true to your dreams. Take care, everybody. Yes. All right. Bye-bye.